Friday of the Passion of the Lord. Lord of glory, we proclaim your death and look ever forward to your resurrection. As we contemplate your cross, the tree on which you hung so that we might have life, may we be ever aware of the life that springs from death, the light that rises from darkness, and the hope that banishes fear. Draw us close to you, so that we may know the glory your cross points to. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. From the prophet Isaiah. Who would believe what we have heard? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up like a sapling before him, like a shoot from the parched earth. There was in him no stately bearing to make us look at him, nor appearance that would attract us to him. He was spurned and avoided by people, a man of suffering, accustomed to infirmity, one of those from whom people hide their faces, spurned, and we held him in no esteem. Yet it was our infirmities that he bore, our sufferings that he endured, while we thought of him as stricken, as one smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our offenses, crushed for our sins. Upon him was the chastisement that makes us whole. By his stripes we were healed. We had all gone astray like sheep, each following his own way. But the Lord laid upon him the guilt of us all. Though he was harshly treated, he submitted, and opened not his mouth 
like a lamb led to the slaughter or a sheep before the shearers. He was silent and opened not his mouth. Oppressed and condemned, he was taken away, and who would have thought any more of his destiny? When he was cut off from the land of the living and smitten for the sins of his people, a grave was assigned him among the wicked and a burial place with evildoers. Though he had done no wrong, nor spoken any falsehood. But the Lord was pleased to crush him in infirmity. If he gives his life as an offering for sin, he shall see his descendants in a long life, and the will of the Lord shall be accomplished through him. Because of his affliction, he shall see the light in fullness of days. Through his suffering, my servant shall justify many, and their guilt he shall bear. Therefore I will give him his portion among the great, and he shall divide the spoils with the mighty, because he surrendered himself to death and was counted among the wicked and he shall take away the sin of many and win pardon for their offenses. There is an ancient tradition among Christians of spending some time on Good Friday meditating on the seven last words of Jesus from the cross to grasp more fully the depth of Jesus' sacrifice in suffering a humiliating, tortured, and bloody death by crucifixion. Taken from the four Gospels, these short phrases almost serve as snapshots of the words and deeds of Christ as his earthly life comes to an end. We hear the words Jesus addressed to the so-called good thief, possibly a Jewish freedom fighter crucified alongside him. I tell you that today you will be with me in paradise. As well as words addressed to his mother, woman, here is your son, and to the beloved disciple, here is your mother. We hear a prayer Jesus addressed to his Abba God, pleading for mercy for those condemning and torturing him. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. As well as a statement seemingly prompted 
by the dehydration Christ experienced as the Mediterranean sun beat down on him. I thirst. I'd invite you today to reflect on the three final cries from the cross found in the four gospel accounts. Some scripture scholars hold Mark's version to be a reproduction of the original cry from the cross since he translates the text Eloi, Eloi from Aramaic, Jesus' own native language, while Matthew cites the same text from Hebrew, Eli, Eli. Many contemporary readers interpret this phrase to mean that Jesus dies in despair, judging that his life and teaching were all for naught. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? More likely is the fact that both Mark, probably the earliest of the canonical Gospels, and Matthew, the most Jewish of the canonical Gospels, present Jesus as a faithful Jew, ending his life praying Psalm 22, whose opening words might seem despairing, but whose conclusion looks forward to the vindication of his cause. The Gospel of Luke also presents Jesus' final cry from the cross, as a psalm quotation, in this case from Psalm 31, Into your hands I commend my spirit, with the wonderfully intimate addition of Father to the beginning of that psalm verse. The Gospel of John, whose Passion account is proclaimed today on Good Friday, provides a unique final cry from the cross. It is finished. Two verses earlier, the Gospel writer notes that Jesus, having, having known that already all was finished, says, I thirst, so that the scripture might be completed. The portrait this Gospel writer paints of Jesus at the end of his earthly existence is one who brings to completion both everything the Father has given him to do, that all who would accept and receive him could become children of God as the prologue of the Gospel of John has it, and as one who fulfills all prophecy concerning himself. It is finished. It is consummated. It is brought to completion. All are indicated by the word tetelestai, Jesus' cry as recorded in Greek in John's Gospel. I'd like to conclude this Good Friday reflection by sharing with you one of the poems of Malcolm Gate, an English poet, singer-songwriter, Anglican priest, and academic, born in 1957 and still writing. Gate's sonnet on the 11th station, Jesus is Nailed to the Cross, beautifully hints at what it means for Jesus' death to bring to fulfillment God's intentions for history, where love and hatred meet and love stays true, where sin meets grace and darkness turns to light. See, as they strip the robe from off his back and spread his arms and nail them to the cross, the dark nails pierce him and the sky turns black and love is firmly fastened onto loss. But here, a pure change happens. On this tree, loss becomes gain. 
death opens into birth. Here wounding heals and fastening makes free. Earth breathes in heaven. Heaven roots in earth. And here we see the length, the breadth, the height, where love and hatred meet and love stays true, where sin meets grace and darkness turns to light. We see what love can bear and be and do. And here our Savior calls us to his side. His love is free. His arms are open wide. Confident that Jesus Christ hears our prayer, let us offer our petitions with open hearts. For the Church, for the Pope, and for all women and men who live their lives in service of God, may they know the intimacy of authentic relationship with Christ. For all catechumens and for all who are preparing to celebrate sacraments, May they respond to their baptismal call with courage, opening their hearts to the invitation of God. For all who are sick or suffering in body, mind, or spirit, may they know the great compassion of God through those who care for them. For peace in our families, communities, nation, and world. May all seek resolution to disagreement and difference in ways that protect the life and dignity of all people. For all who are unemployed or underemployed, may they find opportunities to use their gifts for the service of others in ways that are sustaining and life-giving. For all who grieve, May they know the consolation of hope found in Christ. school.
gathering these prayers together, as well as those we hold in the silence of our hearts, we sing in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Loving God, we praise you in a special way today as we celebrate Good Friday. Be with us as we continue our journey through Holy Week, that we may more closely align our lives with yours, knowing that death never wins, and that life and love always prevail. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for praying with us during these holy days. We'd like to thank Father Michael Jonkis for offering the reflection you heard. The prayer texts were written by John Kyler and are published by Liturgical Press. We'd also like to thank St. Catherine University for making these Triduum Prayer Series episodes possible. For more information, including links to the music you heard, visit our website at openyourhymnal.com.